Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Thumma Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, and Astainuhu, and Astagfiru, and Audu Billahi, and Shururi, and Fusina, and Min Sayyatia, Malina, Mayahdihilahu, Falamudilla, and Min Yudlil, Falahadiella, where Ashadu and La Ilaha illallah, Wahdaula Sharikala. وأشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمدا نبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساءة فأوسيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله سبحانه وتعالى قال تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون قال تعالى يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله وثنك الله we thank Allah, the Creator, the Originator, the Master, the Sustainer, who gave us life again. That we woke up this morning with another chance to worship Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who worships Him, the one who has the guidance from Allah, none can misguide Him. The one who does not have the guidance from Allah, who is it that can guide Him? And we bear witness that He sent guidance for the whole of mankind. He sent books, he sent prophets, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, and the final one being our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We ask for the peace and blessings of Allah to be upon our master, our guide, our mentor, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his family, his companions, and all those who follow him until the last day. Brothers and sisters, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in a hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Umar is a hadith that's well known very very well known to all of us he says sallallahu alayhi wasallam al-muslimu akhu al-muslim la yadlimuhu wa la yuslimuhu al-muslim akhu al-muslim the muslim is a brother of a muslim la yadlimuhu he does not oppress him wa la yuslimuhu nor does he hand him over to an oppressor and the question I want to deal with today is how do we understand this hadith today? How do we understand this hadith specifically in relation to Aleppo? Have we abandoned Aleppo? Aleppo in Syria has not been out of the news. On my way here on the bus, the breaking news on the phone said that those who are struggling against Bashar al-Assad have launched an offensive to liberate Aleppo, to break the siege. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them successful. They are trying, but what about the Ummah? We say we are their brothers. 
We say we feel for them. If you ask us, do you feel for Aleppo? Do you feel for Kashmir? Do you feel for the Muslims in Burma? All of us, we say we feel for them. We see the picture on TV. We see a body being taken out of the rubble. The building has collapsed under it. But is that enough? There's a question for me and for you. Have we abandoned Aleppo? Brotherhood, to say we are brothers is not enough. I can say it, it's just words. Brotherhood has responsibilities. To say we are brothers means we are responsible. To say you are part of a family and the mother and the family get ill. You don't just say she's my mother. You put your hands in your pocket. You take money for the medical exam. You go to a private hospital if necessary. This is how you show your love for your mother at the particular time when she is in need. And you are the one who is able to fulfill that need. So we the Muslim Ummah have a question to answer. I and you, have we abandoned Aleppo? The solution to what is happening in Syria is not complicated. It's not complicated. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If they ask you for help in the deen, it is a duty to help them. And we've seen those videos, those videos, those pictures from Aleppo, from other places in Syria. There is a man in front of the camera. And he's speaking to the camera, he's saying, where are the Muslims? They are bombing us, the helicopters are dropping barrel bombs. Where is the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? You've seen those videos? I've seen them. More than one, more than two, many of them. And what will we say to Allah on Yom Al-Qiyamah? The solution is that the armies in the Muslim lands are sent to liberate the people from the army of Bashar. It's not complicated. That is what is required. That the army should be sent to liberate the people. An army should defeat his army and save the people. Do we have armies in the Muslim world? Yes. We have people, numbers? Yes. We have resources? Yes. And I would say clearly, the rulers in the Muslim world have abandoned the people in Aleppo. The people in Syria, the people in Burma, the people in Kashmir. Saudi Arabia its rulers have shown that they are able to send planes to fight. Saudi planes are fighting as we're speaking. In Yemen, in Yemen they dispatch planes and one of their planes a few days ago hit people in a funeral. 140 Muslims were killed. The Saudi rulers are criminals. The Iranian rulers are criminals. The Houthi rulers are criminals. Three criminals sitting over the heads of our Ummah in Yemen. Murdering women, children, hospitals. They talk about Tawheed, 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 and you kill Muslims. They have abandoned. You can send planes to Yemen, but to Syria? The Saudi, the Iranian, the Houthi leadership have become like Bashar al-Assad. No different. Why? Why do I say that? The Prophet ﷺ was making tawaf around the Kaaba. And he said to the Sahaba, he informed them that the blood of one Muslim is worth more to Allah than the Kaaba. The blood of one Muslim. And you go and kill countless in Yemen. These rulers are criminals. They should be sending their troops to help the people in Syria. The players should be fighting there, not killing fellow Muslims. They abandoned the people in Aleppo. And next door is Turkey. The rulers of Turkey, 
they also have shown that they have an army. They have planes, they have tanks. And actually, Turkish planes and tanks are in Syria. Turkish planes, they fly over Syria. Turkish troops have entered Syria to deal with the Kurdish problem. This is what the Turkish government says to us. Not to help the people, not to save the people from Bashar, barrel bombs. Slow helicopters are flying and you send in fast jets that can take out the helicopters like that. But somehow they don't. Somehow the helicopters keep flying over Syria and dropping barrel bombs and killing people. So you can deal with what you claim is, a, is the Kurdish problem, but not to help the people. And wallahi, one of the biggest crimes that I saw occurred a few days ago. A few days ago in this very month, Vladimir Putin, the Russian leader whose planes are bombing Muslims in Aleppo, whose hands are soaked with the blood of Muslims, where was he welcomed? He was welcomed to Istanbul. You and me, would we welcome somebody who's killing our brothers next door? You won't. I know you won't. You won't do that. You will have shame in front of your fellow Muslims. But Erdogan sat, invited this man in. So we can say the rulers have abandoned the Ummah in Aleppo. Very clear. What about us? What about us? Do we just say the rulers abandoned them? We see the images. There's nothing we can do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he warns us. He warns us that sometimes there will be a fitna. There will be a test, a trial. And that we should be careful not to think it will only affect those who are doing wrong. Know that Allah is strict in punishment. That if we just observe they are doing wrong and we say nothing to do with us. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَاتَّقُوا فِتْنَةَ لَا تُسِيبَنَّ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْكُمْ خَاصَّةً وَأَلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْإِقَابِ Beware, beware, we are warning you of the fitna that will touch not only those who do wrong. That means the rest of us cannot say it's nothing to do with us and we're bystanders. And something occurred the other day. If the, if the solution is clear, why is the Ummah not moving, raising our voice, unhappy, agitating, shaking the thrones of the rulers of the Muslim world? If you don't move, get out the way. Why is it business as usual? Preparing for the World Cup, going to the Olympics, national celebration. In some of our countries, you would not know that people are starving in Somalia down the road. You would not know Muslims are being killed in Yemen. You would not know what is happening in Aleppo. Because they make us busy with all sorts of other things on TV in life. Life goes on. What will we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And yesterday I was on WhatsApp. I'm in a WhatsApp group with brothers from here, from abroad. Lovely brothers, activists. And there was something... There's something which made me think. We started to discuss the fact that Erdogan, the Turkish president, how could he meet Putin? How, how could you do this? They didn't meet in secret, back channel, yeah, then maybe the news came out later. Public open conference. It's like somebody spitting in the face of the people who are dying. But the interesting thing is, some of the brothers' response, just make dua. Hmm. Some of their response, 
well, maybe, maybe the ruler, maybe he's being clever. So he's dealing with Putin. And that makes you realize that we, we, you and I, we hold some ideas which stop us moving. They don't move the rulers. We also don't move. Because we hold some ideas which make us passive, make us bystanders, make us people who watch what's going on and saying, it's nothing to do with me. And until we change these ideas for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our situation will not change. What are some of these ideas that we hold? Number one, some people say, we can't do anything. We have to wait for Imam Mahdi. Yeah? The hadith of the Prophet said, towards the end of time, Dajjal will come, Imam Mahdi will come, this will happen in this place, this will happen in that place. We know this ahadith. For some people, these ahadith have become the reason for inaction. The reason for being people just bystanders, just watching, like watching a tennis match. The ball goes this way, the ball goes that way. Just watching life, watching Aleppo, watching Burma, watching Somalia, watching the suffering, watching the news. What can you do, brother? We wait for Imam Mahdi. These are hadith about Imam Mahdi. Who narrated them to us? Who transmitted them to us? Who heard them from the beautiful lips of the Prophet wasallam? The Sahaba. It was the Sahaba. Those who heard them from the lips of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how did they understand this ahadith? Did this ahadith mean for them, sit down and watch? No. No, 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 no. The Sahaba, for the Sahaba, these ahadith were khabar. They were information about the future. So if the hadith is mentioning something good, something to look forward to. Is mentioning something bad, Something to wish, to hope, to pray does not come to you. This hadith, this ahadith were not the reason for not acting. When there was a famine, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, the khalifa of the Muslims, he mobilized the people, he acted, he sent messages, he demanded, you have to send food to Medina because we're starving and we're one ummah. He acted to solve the problem. When the enemies were coming to the Muslims, the Muslims got together, they trained, they got their arms, they went out for jihad. They knew this hadith before we knew them, before it reached us. They didn't let it to stop them acting to solve problems as Allah ordered. So we need to be like Abu Bakr radiallahu We need to be like Omar. We need to be like the Sahaba. Don't be bystanders. Work for Islam. Support the cause of Islam. Don't let this wrong understanding stop you acting to solve the problems of your ummah. Another idea that we hold sometimes is the idea... People look at these problems in places like Aleppo, places like Syria, corruption in Pakistan. They look at all these problems in the Muslim world and they, they say, we leave it to others. Let others solve it. Like who? Uh, leave it to the rulers. Uh, leave, it, leave it to the UN. Leave it to the, let the UN solve it. Leave it to Britain, the government. Leave it to the American government. Leave our affairs our problems, our issues to others. And the rulers in the Muslim world, they play this game a lot. How is it that the rulers in Turkey, the rulers in Saudi can come all the way to Europe, to Berlin, to Switzerland, to London, for a conference about Turkey? Turkey is next door to you. You are going to London for a conference. What is this? 
This is madness. Somebody is attacking your child in front of you and you want to run to your neighbor to come and defend your child. You are the father of the child. The responsibility is on your neck. The duty is yours. The capability is yours. But you won't call the person down the road. And maybe your child has been battered to death before he comes. We cannot leave our issues to the UN, to the UK government. What did they do in Iraq? How many did they kill in Afghanistan? Which tyrants, which oppressors in Egypt, in Syria have they supported? The ones who have done all these crimes in the Muslim world, you are waiting on them to solve the problem? Make sense? We have to remove this idea. We have to take ownership of our problem. We have to take ownership of our problem. We must not let other people hijack, take our issues, our affairs, our problems, and solve it according to their agenda. They are still in Afghanistan till today. They are in Iraq till today. And look at the mess there. The British, the Americans, their special forces, their intervention. After all that, anybody with eyes, with eyes to see, blessed by Allah, still calls for them? We have to be the ones who take our issues. We have to work together to remove the regimes so that these problems can be solved. We need to fear Allah. We must not be bystanders. We'll be involved in the struggle for Islam, inshallah. And Allah will aid us. A third issue. Some people say when they look at the issues facing us, they say, brother, this is politics. I, I don't do politics, brother. You're talking about Aleppo. You're talking about Kashmir. This, this, is, this, is, this is political issues. I don't do politics. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Politics is life. Politics is dealing with life and dealing with problems and interactions in life. This is politics. This is the reality of politics. And every day, all of us are involved in political matters. In your family, there is a lot of family politics. If I do this with Auntie Salma, if I do go to that wedding, if I help this relative, what will the other one think? What will happen if my interaction, this, this, is politics. At workplace, there's a lot of politics in the workplace, as many of you would know, to do with promotion, to do with all sorts of issues. In our masajids, the way our mosques are run, some of our masjids, a lot of politics. Who should run the mosque? How should they run the mosque? What should they do with the money? When do we expand it? This is politics. So in life, 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 life is life, life is politics. The Prophet said, Kanad Banu Israel The affairs, the problems, the issues, the life issues of Bani Israel were looked after by the Anbiya. Politics is the work, the noblest work that the prophets of Allah did on this earth. This is one of the most noblest things that you can do. So to say I don't do politics, you don't do the work of the prophets, you don't emulate the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No. And politics today means what? Being like Hamza, the master of the shaheed, who the prophet praised and said, the one who stands in front of a ruler, who speaks the truth, who accounts him and is killed, will be like Hamza, the master of the shaheed. So we need to be involved in these issues and do the politics according to Islam. Not according to the dirty things that we see, the dirty politics, according to Islamic politics. The last idea that holds us acting, 
holds us working for the Islamic solution is the idea people have, they say, what can I do? I am Taji. Look at me, I'm not the tallest person in the masjid, I'm nobody. So people that look at themselves, they say, me, I can do nothing. Yes, it's true, it's true. Me alone, what can I do? You alone, what can you do? But we are part of an ummah. Al-mu'minu lil-mu'mini kal-bunyan yashuddu ba'duhu ba'd. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the Muslim to another Muslim, kal-bunyan. They are like a wall. They are, look at this wall here. It has bricks in it. One brick on its own, easy. You can, carry, you can carry it in one hand. When the bricks are put together like this, it is solid, it is strong. You cannot go through it. This is how he describes the ummah. You should do. They strengthen one another. We have to change this mentality, this idea that you are on your own. No. We have to have the correct idea. You are part of an ummah. An ummah that's over one billion strong. You are part of a community. You are part of a masjid. You are part of a society. So if we together put our voices, we together put our talents, we together put our resources together, we put all these things together, you can create change. Look at this masjid that we are in today. When I moved to this area many years ago, it was one hall. One hall, one hall, just one hall. We used to pray in one hall. Now we have this hall. We have the big hall next door. We have the sisters on the balcony. We have hall upstairs. Allahu Akbar. One person did not build this. One person did not design, construct, fundraise. Deal with the architect, deal with the builder, deal with the council. Maybe one or two or three people had the vision, had the idea, but they could not do it on their own. They came to the rest of the community, they mobilized us, they asked us, they reminded us of the need. We put money in it, we put effort in it, by the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at where we are today. Change comes when people remove the idea that they are bystanders, that they are nothing, and that is what we need to do today. Brothers and sisters, I finish with my final point. We have to change those ideas that stop us acting, stop us moving. I saw in the last few days some clips on the internet. You won't see them on BBC or CNN. I saw pictures, videos from Masjid Al-Aqsa after Salatul Jummah. Thousands of people demonstrating for Aleppo, for Syria. They were saying the armies of the Muslim world need to move to liberate Aleppo, liberate Syria. They were saying the rulers of the Muslim world should move or they should step aside. They were saying the Ummah should work together hand in hand to re-establish the Khilafah Rashida, the government that rules by the Quran and Sunnah and will send the army. These are people in Palestine who have their own problems. They were calling for the correct Islamic solutions. They were not asleep. They were not bystanders. They said if the rulers don't move, we have to move each other until they move when they are removed. So brothers, me and you, we need to, number one, we need to study and understand the situation in Syria and support our ummah there. It is not about fighting terrorism and what the West says. It is people who desire Islam and we should support them for that cause. Number two, we need to join hands with those who are calling that the army should move in the Muslim world and these rulers should be removed so we have a sincere ruler, a khalifa who will send the armies. We need to support that Islamic solution, call for that Islamic solution. And number three, join hands with people who are calling for it and spread that message, the correct Islamic solution. Tell other people about it. 
Use your contacts on Facebook, on Twitter. Speak to your family, speak to your friends. You don't know who has more power, more contacts, more connections than you in the Muslim world who can spread the news that the Muslims need to be united. The Muslim armies have to move to liberate Palestine, have to move to liberate Syria, have to move to have the Ummah everywhere. And what is stopping them are the rulers. So we have to demand that the rulers are removed. And this Ummah again works hard and is blessed by Allah's will for the re-establishment of a sincere, one sincere ruler who will look after us, look after the resources and rule by the Quran and the Sunnah. You have a voice to do this, to speak about this, to mobilize others for this, so that together with all our voices, we become a huge crowd that cannot be stopped, cannot be ignored in the Muslim world. But first, we have to remove those ideas, those ideas that say, I don't do politics. Those ideas that say, it's just me on my own. Those ideas that say, I am nobody. You're an ummah, you're part of an ummah, you are strong, you're with Allah, and Allah says, Yeah, you are Ladina Aman. Oh, you who believe, if you have the cause of Allah, He asks us to work, we work. To move, we move. To pray, we pray. Whatever He asks us to do, that indeed He will help you. We ask Allah to aid our ummah. In Syria, in Shishan, in Kashmir, wherever the Muslims are suffering for Allah to aid them. Allahumma ansur Islam wal Muslimin. Allahumma ansurna ya Rabbal Alameen, ya Qawi, ya Aziz, ya Yuhal Ladheena Amanu, taqullaha haqqa tuqati, wa la tamudunna illa wa antum muslimoon, or you who believe, fear Allah and ask Allah for forgiveness, akawli kawli hadha, wa astaghfirullah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah, are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.